June 22, 2021. It's the Watt for Pedro Show.
Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. Started off with John Coltrane doing Invitation. And then Brown Hornet. A little pun rock here. <laughs> but very creative. I like it. Teasing up to the next hot LIC or lick. Mm, we'll find out because people, Brother Matt is at the Pleasure Point on the Love Grotto, a couple miles south, coming out of Quentin Quarantino mode. But even still, I'm not ban man alone because of those software engineers in Estonia with their Scott invention. I got Brother Tyler Harwood. Welcome aboard, Tyler. Hey there. Yeah. And uh, you're talking to me from the city, right? I am in San Francisco currently, yeah. yeah I'm, okay. I'm, I'm here visiting some friends. We got to thank, I guess, maybe it's more East Bay, but it's in this general vicinity, the brutal sound effects crew for the Connect. That is true. Okay. Now... This music you sent me very, very interesting, different projects, different incarnations. But I want to share with the listeners your journey through music. So please bring your earliest musical recollection. All right. Uh, well, you know those the little uh, springs that are on baseboards in houses that uh, keep the doorknob from busting a hole in the sheetrock? Sure, sure. I think I got a little half sphere rubber thing on my bulkhead to keep you know that happening yeah sometimes there's there are little springs and i remember being a, a little carpet crawler flicking those i think that was the first time i, I thought uh oh you sound. mean flicking them to make your own sound yeah, yeah. <laughs> no you know i saw einstein's end of neubauten in the desert and it was the last time i ate l and the bass man well, he had a one-string bass, but they fucking threw that off and pounded it with a pounder. And then he was playing <laughs> this goddamn giant spring, sort of like that. But the note was so low. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Talk about bass. So that's uh -huh. interesting. So in this pad, where did you grow up? Houston, Texas. Houston, okay. Oh, wow. Lightning mm -hmm. Hopkins. Yeah. And, uh, Billy Gibbons and a lot of good music out of that town. Jandick. Yeah, Jandick. And the Montrose part, Jandick, I got to festival with him but anyway uh was there musical instruments in this pad you grew up no except no, for those springs know. except for those springs on the hatch yeah pots and pans uh vacuum cleaners <laughs> yeah. i'm into it so you're you're a repurposer yeah i suppose yeah. so yeah no it's happening and so there's no musical people in the family there's no instruments you had to like autodidact on your own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was you know, music fans, but yeah, n none of my immediate family played instruments. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. My case too. Uh, let me ask you, what about school? Were you in the marching band or the choir, or shit like that? Nope. That's I hung out with the theater nerds. Okay, but there is a kind of connect. I've had oh, yeah. a big guest on the show. There is because it's performance, right? Yeah. Maybe that's why. Okay. Uh, what's the first record you bought with your own money, Tyler? Uh, Circle Jerks, Group Sex. Oh, yeah. With the 
everybody knew how to dress after you looked at the back, right? <laughs> right. That's probably why I bought it. You know, I was before a, that, nobody, right? Everybody, yeah, everybody had their own look. If you know about 70s punk, there was like no outfit yet. Right. I mean, there's stuff in England, and of course there was the Ramones, but it was whatever you fucking put together. And uh, mm -hmm. Okay, so well, it was Sean Carey, right? The artist, I think. Uh, first gig you went and saw? Uh, well, when I was little, my parents, we used to go to the Good Company Barbecue on Kirby Drive, yeah. and Pappy Self would play fiddle. He was the original fiddle player with uh, Bob Wills. Or I don't know if he's the original, but he was... He's the one that uh, wrote the, uh, you know, one of his big hits. And he yeah. used to pull up in a trailer and play outside of the, okay. the Good Company Barbecue. And I like to pick up bottle caps. I collected bottle caps and while he was playing. Yeah, they call that like jazz uh, swing, right? Uh, cowboy Western swing. swing. Yeah, Western, that's the word. And yeah. It's pretty kind of, a lot, uh, the stuff behind Patsy Cline is like that. I, I think I find it really interesting. Uh, what, what, what ward was that? Because Houston's got wards, right? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. We just, that's yeah, okay we were... because I got to go uh, the supper club, Silver Slipper, or something with Jandek when all tequila nice. up and shit. <laughs> the mysterious Jandek, right? Right. Well, well, the, yeah, well I, I was introduced to him as a representative from Corwood Industry. Of course, interesting of course. cat, interesting cat. <laughs> but uh, the Montrose, like the art part of Houston, right? Anyway, I think it was this club was in the third one. So uh, now, not after school, like uh, graduating, but in the afternoon, did the garage band, basement band, bedroom band. Did you get into stuff like that? Yeah, oh yeah. Well, tell me um, about it. Well, I, I, I begged and begged for a drum kit when I was, you know, I think I got one when I was twelve. And my parents gave me one of those. Uh, it was a Remo PTS that was the pre-tuned drum kit. The drum heads were already stretched, and you just <laughs> clipped them on. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I figured out soon thereafter how to do the kind of hardcore polka beat and yeah. uh, hooked well, up with with some guys. And uh, I think I, I played the, the Cabaret Voltaire or the Axiom Club in Houston when I was – Maybe thirteen. Oh, I remember that play. Yeah, Tom Bunch. Vatican. Right. Yeah. Later on, he had the Vatican and shit. Okay. Um, yeah. And, uh, okay. Okay. Well, Remo was big maker of heads. I know that. Uh, They're big heads. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what about what about learning? Did you go to find a sensei or a teacher? Well, you know, it's, uh, I did take some drum lessons for a little while. My, my drum teacher kind of looked like Phil Collins, and I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, we went to go – at some point after I had a few lessons, we went to go see his band. He was in kind of a cover band that played at the whatever TGI Fridays looking bar. And, uh, and we got talking to the singer, and sh she said something uh, – mildly insulting about Stevie Nicks. And my dad was like, well, we're, we're done with that. <laughs> so what I didn't take lessons it. from him anymore. Okay. But, but man, I wanted to rock. I didn't want to learn all this, all that stuff. I just wanted to, I wanted to rock you, out. When you say stuff, you mean like rudiment? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Uh, so 
what was the most important thing you, you think you got from him? I don't know. I think maybe just not being scared to hit the drum. I remember okay. being a little kid and going in there and being kind of timid. And uh, and he was like, oh, you got to not be scared of how loud it is. And the same thing happened with that very first show that I played with that, that little punk rock band that I hooked up with. It was, it was called Chronic Diphtheria. And we... <laughs> We got about halfway through our set, and and this uh, this guy came up on the stage and kind of started hollering at me. He was like, "Hit the fucking drum, man! Hit it! Don't be scared!" And it's of course it scared the shit out of me. So I just started hitting the drum as hard as I could. I, I skipped all the changes in the songs and just hit the drum as hard as I could. <laughs> I gotta say this, you know, being in a couple ensembles a little while, uh, hitting the snare is a little too much too hard because you overload it and it starts sounding like a fucking hungry seal uh what right timbali right but tom's the more you hit the harder you hit him the more tone but i think uh, with the snare drum yeah you can get a little out of control but hitting tom's hard is really good in fact my second man and missing man drummer they're opposite that way one guy's got a great touch for snare one guy's a good fucking caveman for tom's <laughs> Tyler, I want to play uh, the festival of our mind. <laughs> All right, title. good idea.
I'm sticking a screwdriver in your ear I hope that it doesn't hurt you, yes I do I am pushing an ice cube in your anus I hope that it cools your stools and comes out ice cream Sticking a screwdriver doesn't hurt you I hope that it, yes I do I am in your ear, in your anus Cools your stools I hope that it comes out ice cube I am pushing on ice cream I am pushing on, I am pushing on 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 I am pushing on Pedro show well, it's been twenty years. I got a little chance to work on it, <laughs> or refine it. Right? 
or, or more opportunities to blow fucking clams. <laughs> People, that chunk of music started with Brown Hornet. More, more pun rock. The Festival of Our Mind. Great title, the winner. Obama's printing after that with Japanese Twins. Sam Lockwood, Iowa City with Digital Castles. Bob Buckle out of Junior out of Dubuque, Iowa, nearby. Too long for this world. Are you a cop from here? Well, like, he's part of the Val. The, uh, the Brian Kellett. I guess they named the song after a dude. Uh, no Connection from Hanson Potker. Uh, decaf, only death can truly set you free. And then Brown Hornet with Cools Your Stools. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of good titles in that band. <laughs> okay, so diphtheria, chronic diphtheria. How long is your uh, shift with them last? Uh, it's probably just that one gig. It was okay. pretty short. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, did you help compose and shit? Probably not, right? You just learned their tunes, and then that was yeah. Well, what what's the next chapter, Tyler? Oh, there were a, there were a few other little projects that started out, but this, you know, the. Probably the, my my favorite out of that time was my my buddies, you know, high school buddies. We just hung out all the time, and we just we played music in the living room. We called ourselves Mantrianus, <laughs> and uh, we only had one gig. Okay. Also, but but a lot of practices. It, yeah, well, I mean, well, that's we, how we me did, and D Boone started. I mean, with I'd say there'd be like ten thousand practices for every gig, and that was just fucking kegger in somebody's backyard. Right, yeah. Right till the movement came, right? No no club scene. It's all arena rock in the 70s for us. So, so Mantrianus, who came up with that name? Uh, I'm not sure. I think we, we pulled some words out of a hat. Yeah, kind of that's what it sounds that. like. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, let me ask you about the material. Original or copying off records? Original. Yeah, bitching. Yeah. That's why I like it's, about I the think we had two music. songs and then we just... We just freestyle the rest of the set, for better or worse. What the like the bookends? <laughs> right. If we could, if we could remember the songs we wrote. No, once at a debriefing after Stooges' gig, is he gave us some like sage wisdom. He said, "You know, you work in a room and you're playing a gig, and it's good to have a. It's like a a, a a good song working a room live is like a happening sandwich." So if you got two good pieces of bread, you can have a fucking sorote in between. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> so he's talking about his beginning and endings, right? But yeah. You know, Iggs, first he's a drummer man, then he's a front man, right? Bow of the boat. So interesting perspective. But I love this idea he had about, in a way, you're responsible to make the gig work somehow. And, so it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's the next chapter after that? Oh, so, so you've got two bands where you did two gigs, but a lot of pride. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of, a lot of jam. And there were some other, there were some other bands uh, that's around that same time. Xenolith was my noise duo and Zenolith. I played. Yeah. And uh twisted blister. That was another living room project where we just got, as weird as we wanted to, but uh, yeah, similar did... to what you were just saying, the next the next chapter was when I moved to Austin and I met the Brown Hornet guys because okay. they okay. they already had a drummer and they made me sing, so I kind of went that same path you were talking about. They they pushed me out front, and okay. I had to change my job. 
Right, right. Because up to this point, you're only working drums musically, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So now you become like Yig. <laughs> right, yeah. They're kind of against my will. It, I didn't want to do it at first, but, uh, you know, it's it's got its merits. Uh, yeah, you know, that's the thing about art, right? You can have guys dare you or push you into a sitch, and you don't know what's going to happen. So what was mm -hmm. your first tor Brown Hornet gig like? I don't. Wow, that was that's a while back. I don't. I'm, I'd have to ask our band historian. But okay. Was, <laughs> you know, I'm, back in the day, we had uh, we had two hundred plus songs we could pick from. So we we'd play for two or three hours. You mean you learned two or three hundred songs before you did a gig with these guys? No, nah, I mean it was it, it took time for us to build all that up. But, uh, <laughs> So that's why I'm asking about the first one. I mean, and also it's your first gig as a front man, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I kept my back to the audience the whole time. It was like, that's tried to stay the, back by the drum kit. One time I saw the fall and that's what the singer did to us. He was like staring at the kick drum the whole time. Uh -huh. So we got nothing but culero. <laughs> but that's okay. Everybody's got a different technique. And now you being the front man and not having to worry about, uh, coming up with beats or learning stuff. Uh, well, how how were you involved creatively with Brown Hornet? That band is very much a, a democracy kind of situation. I mean, we all contribute our own ingredients. I, I saw them play before I joined the band. I saw them play and I thought, you know, I got ideas for mouth sounds I could make on top of what they're doing. And they were open to it. So I, we all kind of when. We just jam and make up Mouse sounds. stuff. And, you know, yeah. uh, another Houston band was 13 Floor Elevators, and uh, some guy played Jug, right? Oh, yeah. So are you talking like Mouse Sounds like that? Well, I'd say more along the lines of Butthole Surfers kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hollering and carrying on, and I had a delay pedal similarly to, to smear it about. Yeah, we played uh, their first Hollywood gig was with Minuteman place called the okay. radio room and big boys and i remember it coming up with what man this must have been like a fucking gallon size jar of vaseline he says we're gonna have fun tonight oh boy <laughs> <laughs> that was a yeah wild. oh the big boy that big boy's huge influence for us yeah yeah that was great cats uh you know and uh biscuit and tim and all those guys and, but but also the bottle in those days uh paul used to sing half the tunes and Gibby did a lot of sax. Mm -hmm. different, they didn't have King and Teresa yet for rhythm. Uh, so, uh, uh, did, what about your recording? Is your first recording with Brown Hornet? Uh, no, it would have been. I mean, the, officially, the first recording would have been me with my mom's like classroom tape recorder on the kitchen floor with some stuff. But uh, yeah, the first album, I would you know outside of just recording with the jam box in the rehearsal space, the first album would have been with Brown Hornet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that stuff you were doing with your ma's uh, recorder, that was like, you, you were kind of using tape recorder as a documenter or as a, as a, cause I've had, especially with electronic music, cats use it as an instrument. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been listening. Yeah. Same deal. Same deal. Okay. Just okay. playing with sound and seeing how I can mess it up. So maybe that's, because when you think of uh, drums, you think of percussion, right, and very physical. And but 
this was to uh, led to your evolution in the electronic experiment. Yeah, absolutely. Because I like the idea of the movement, the punk movement, being about anything. It don't just have to be fast guitar. It wasn't that way. From that's not my experience. Robin Gristle, were you, were you hip to the uh, annual reports? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, hamburger lady, shit like that, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> He was a trip. I met him a few times. <laughs> Trippy. Uh, a lot of, a lot of individuals in that scene in the early days. But uh, I think I'm more, uh, I'm stronger for it. I'm, I'm so, I'm so glad I, I met people like that. You know, because yeah. we are, we, we're born that way. If you look at your fucking thin pr- thumbprint, you don't even have to prove to yourself you're unique. You already are. And then at the same time, you have so much in common with your fellow human being. So it's trippy how people have to put up Berlin walls with genre and this labeling and categories. And that's why I like the word punk. It was here in Pedro. It was a guy who got fucked in jail for cigarettes. So I, I, I couldn't understand why somebody called their music. That. <laughs> but then when I saw the gigs, it was like, oh, yeah, they just don't fit in. They're, they're making their own parallel universe. Yeah. I want yeah, to. And I told D. Boone, man, we can do this. I didn't even think. It just rolled right out of my mouth. We saw the bags. That was our first gig. Tyler, we're at the end of the first hour, June 22, 2021, edition of Show. Special guest, Tyler Harwood. Hold tight for hour two. June 22, 2021. It's the second hour of Watt from Pedro Show.
Watt for Pedro Show. We start off the second hour with Brown Hornet doing Banana Island. And then Ben Salter with Exit, Justice Yeldon, Talking Castle, Heinbach, Light Splitting, and then The Bloat with uh, Fuck the Sun. Uh. So now, let me ask you about, I mean, you moved to Austin, Brown Hornet's an Austin band, but did you guys tour? Yeah. Okay, okay, so your first, your first tours are, you know, getting in the van with the Brown Hornet guys, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got all our gear stolen on our very first tour. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's how it goes, man. Can I, I know, I know. I know. We call it a donate. We even try to put a positive spin on it, right? Right. So, uh, what? T- I mean, it can happen anywhere, but I'm just curious. What town? Chicago. Oh, wow. Big shoulders. Big yep. type. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yep. So, but did, did it stop the tour or did you keep going? We kept going. Yeah. We we uh, we just went to the next day. We'd borrow whatever equipment we sure, could from sure. whatever other bands we were playing with, and they were generous enough to make it happen. So yeah. Now we played, you know, one Brown Hornet, but then you gave me something to bloat. So how long does your uh, shift with Brown Hornet last? It's ongoing. Oh shit! Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, but but. It, it goes into hiatus or, or is it just like full on since uh, well you know i mean we got we got more into recording and we just we kind of slowed down on the touring yeah people were getting jobs and kids it's a it's a story that's often told and oh, we yeah. just kind of oh, got yeah. more into recording and uh yeah and that's what that's what i actually moved out to the bay area for a while but i'd fly back a couple times a year to play shows well, tell me about the bloat. Is the bloat from the city, Bay, Bay Area? Nope. The bloat is actually, uh, it's it's me and Peter Stopchinski, who's the keyboard player in Brown Hornet. We have a lot. Oh, of, so it's uh, like a side project. Yeah. we. I mean, we've got a bunch of them. He and I kind of, we're unstoppable when we get together. We just start <laughs> goofing around and we, we've, we've made up a pretty long list of bands. And, and how does the, the, the bloat fit in? Was it the first one? No. No, the first one was Art Fist. We did a, we did a uh, drum and bass duo that was kind of a kind of a tribute to the ruins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was fun. So that was too, right? the first of many. I mean, we've we got uh, Art Fist, Chablis, the bloat. Oh, you uh, gave me some Chablis. We're going to play next hour. Uh, all right. But, but Tyler... You're telling me you went back to drums to do this uh, side stuff with Peter? Sure. Okay, well. I'll do anything, man. Well, I I don't know. With Brown (laughs) Hornet, though, you were mainly the front man, right? Because they already had a drummer man. Yeah. Okay. But when you went in, you'll do anything, huh? That's that's convenient. (laughs) (laughs) You might not like it, but Yeah, what do they call a... um, I learned this in the Northwest. Uh, Lucky Pierre, right? The socket. Oh man. boy! Okay. Yeah, the socket man on a three-way, right? That's that the accommodator. <laughs> yeah, but my mom calls it a multi-potentialite. <laughs> okay, okay. I want to do this other. Is Peter in this one? Knowing fact or whatever the fuck? Nope, that was a Bay Area project. Okay, okay. We'll get to it. Let's first play <laughs> Nong Mao P. <laughs> Sorry to fuck you. Up. 
Jump, 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 jump,
Watch for Pedro Show. Start that chunk of music off with Nong Fak doing Nong Mao Pi, which is, uh, I've been enlightened. Thai. So much respect. Plasterman after that out of Ithaca. Waste my breath. Jeb Bishop Trio. Uh, Bone, right? Still bass clef. Get into it, people. Fifth Gear. He's going to be on the show. Uh, that Damon Smith did a connect. Can't wait to talk to you. Weasel Walter, Brandon Lopez, Michael Foster after that with current events. It's from a record called Building a Better Future. Uh, what's what's this label? FY. It's out of Milwaukee. Uh, J, JMY Music. Yeah, great compilation. About building a Better Reality and all this music. A lot of, a lot of Chicago bands in there. Emmett Kelly and stuff. So I, I guarantee, and also the bones go to uh, BLM, good causes, stuff like that. Uh, and finally, Quap Kun, Quap Kun, oh, Quap, isn't that how you say thank you or something? No, Kap, Kap Kun. Uh, There's a I different so. way of saying uh, thank you for men and for women, but knowing uh, fuck. T- tell me about this project. So this is one when you move out to Bay Area. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, uh, it's like backing up a little bit when I was when I was still living in Houston in in high school, I used to sneak out to go see Three Day Stubble ah! play. Yeah, they played. Uh, a Minutemen shared a bill with them on the um, lingerie in Hollywood. Yep, I think Don it's Bowles might have been on drums. Yeah, he played drums for a while. Yeah, so it, I, I, those guys were my heroes early on. I mean, that that really changed the way I, I thought about music after I saw them. <laughs> so I, I used to go see them, and then years and years later, I was I became friends with Lisa Cameron, who also played drums. Great, yeah, and I was just out in Joshua Tree playing with the Galaxia people recording. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, was Lisa's on the show great. a couple months ago. Yeah, much respect, Lisa Cameron. So yeah, well, Lisa got me hooked up with with Three Day Stubble, and I that's that's when I moved out to the Bay Area to, to play with them. I, you know, we did we did a couple of Gulf Coast tours. At first, I was just the driver, but I I just kind of accidentally had some of my drums in the van. <laughs> and now, did uh, you wear the fucking McDonald's hats and shit? <laughs> right, man, they're geniuses. And, and uh, so yeah, I moved out here, got to be real good buddies with them. And uh, Brentley Pusser was also in Nungpak. And uh, when their drummer moved to Portland, they asked me to to take that spot. So I got hooked up with those guys. Drums is kind of like bass, because uh, not a lot of people want to rock it. So you you kind of in demand. I, I well, I suppose so. I I don't know, man. I sure felt lucky when I was just in the right place at the right time for that, and had you know some good friends that got me in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, it shows you all you people that are like deciding on what instrument. Yeah, be lead singer or lead guitar. But if you want work, do drums, do bass. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Be a multi-potentialite. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Thanks uh, to your mother. Right, it's not who you know, it's who you blow. Okay, remember that, people. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Mom. Yeah, sorry, Mom. So, so... uh, now, when you know from driver to drummer, do you, you end up composing with the three day stubbles? Uh, not composing, and, yeah. and uh, I mean, I've been playing with them for 18 plus years at this point. I'm still, I haven't been on any of the albums yet. That's why, <laughs> that's why I didn't give it to give you any of it, but uh, 
Well, one day, one way, right? You just keep in there and conclusion. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm yeah, not I mean, if the Minutemen played, well, I mean, those guys go way back, right? Because we stopped in '85. Oh yeah. So they go way back. They do. Uh, incredible, and, and I, I only know them really from the Don Bowles, uh, the couple things I saw in Don Bowles, and it was funny. He would act like them. You know, this is the Germs drummer, but no, no, no. Now we're three day stubble, so another persona. <laughs> He's a right. trip. But he, incredible drummer, man. Uh, that GI album. And they yeah, didn't really have stuff. they didn't really have a solid drummer until him. In fact, their first drummer was the Go-Go singer. I shit thee not. Oh. So, yeah, the Germs had huge effect on us, Minutemen. I mean, well, a lot of those bands, right? Bags, Dills. X and Alley Cats, uh, the, the Nervous Gender, and uh, Don Bowles ended up playing with those cats too. Uh, he gets around. He does. He does. I th- you know, he's from Zona. He wasn't from here. There was a posse, Paul Cutler. Yeah, humans move around. That's why I hear, <laughs> like you did, <laughs> with the uh, um, your big barrier move. And then that's so cool. You didn't uh, scissor the connect though with your Austin buddies. Peter and stuff. That's so great. No. Kept that going. We're at the end of the second hour, June 22, 2021, Dish Wap Peter's special guest, Tyler Harwood. Hold tight for hour three. June 22, 2021, it's the third hour of Wap from Peter's.
Everything separated my things from yours. It's frustrating, not simple, Joe. I know sleep and you're asleep. With outside help, I might explode. So I take a walk to the stove. It's not fine. Silence that scares us. Separate my things from your home. Put the keys to the door on the shelf by the window. Separate my things from y'all. Put the keys to the door on the shelf by the window. How's your car running? Damn engine light. Do you need some cash for gas? But I guess your mom takes care of that. Separate my things from y'all. Put the key to the door on the shelf by the window. Separate my things from y'all. Put the key to the door on the shelf by the window. If I stay sober, I might explode. I drank my last beer so many hours ago. So many hours ago. Separate my things from y'all. Put the key to the door on the shelf by the window. 
Separate my things from you Put the key to the door On the shelf By the window Separate my things from you Put the key to the door On the shelf By the window Separate my things from y'all Separate my things from y'all San Diego, free, carton of irregular cat hats. I have a, a big box of used cat and kitten hats that I have collected over the years for various occasions. As of recently, my cat, Snowman, is no longer living, and thus, I am forced to get rid of these precious memories. I would not feel right asking for money, so I am offering the whole box for free. There are many styles, from cute and funny to formal. of 14 different hats total. I just hope that you and your pet find as much joy in these hats as me and Snowman once did. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank <laughs> you. 
lot from Pedro show. We start off the third hour with anti-ear. And then suits Houston after that with XR style it edit, I guess. Yeah, one of these made up words. And slang from Hokkaido with Crisis. Hokkaido hardcore. Public record with Station. Tim Holhouse out of England with everything separated. Veda Hill out of uh, Vancouver. The the British Columbia one. Cat Hats. Yeah, all these tunes, she got the lyrics from Craigslist ads. <laughs> Talk about nice. repurpose. And then finally, Mudlark from Anti-Ear. Now, anti people, I was enlightened to the fact that Anti-Ear is Tyler Harwood, man alone. So this, it's not him like helping these other cats out, Three Day Stubble, Brown Hornet, or uh, Noing Fack. This is him. So tell us about it, Tyler. That's just been my long-running kind of solo effort. You know, it's whatever uh, it's whatever strikes my fancy at the moment. I think the the first stuff was just me with the tape recorder, you know, throwing around the microphone, and it's evolved since. And uh, b- but you don't really do drums. Uh, sh- sure. Every okay. once in a while. Okay, so. You, you you throw your whole vocabulary at it. T- tell me about the first anti-ear gig. Oh. Man, I don't even know. I don't I don't have the official record in my mind. Remember, it's that. a lot from Pedro show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong right. answers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just curious. Because you can only have the first gig once, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so... And, and, Fuck, it's hard for me to remember last week's game or whatever. Yeah. Right. Well, there's just there's a lot of noise bands that were kind of forming around the same time, so I get with the, all those performances kind of mixed okay, up. Okay, okay. What what about the idea of noise? Is it different than music, in your opinion? No, I think it's it. I mean, it's up to the listener, yeah. really. It's I I think of it as as an exploration, kind of. It's. Uh, reaching down into your imagination to see what what kind of new sounds you can find and how they make you feel and but it's, it's not it's, such it's, a it's not such a stylized motif like if i if i say ska band you know what like if i told you i'm gonna let you listen to a ska version of the who's tommy you're probably gonna yeah. to puke <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean but when you say noise that's way more open-ended right yeah, it is. I mean, just like any genre, there's a billion sub-genres, but I try not to get distracted by all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm just curious about that, you know. Uh, in fact, who Jake Rodriguez I had on, and he's not, not only the Bay Area has a noise scene, but he said it's the costume noise scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the brutal sound effects crew, right, right, crew is like leading the charge on that. For but 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 how important how important is costumes? Uh, uh, the presentation for you, I don't for know. you, for I mean, you. It it can be. I mean, it can add. A, it can if you can get into the performance art area when you when you start getting into costume or getting into character. Jake sure. and I had a, a band actually together called the Bean Dip Troubadours, where we did uh, we were old versions of ourselves that came back in time to perform noise, noise music from the future. 
That's a concept. <laughs> yeah. And what, what, there, was, there, there was costumes to go along with it? Oh, yeah, yeah. We were, <laughs> we were fully in character. So, yeah, costumes can, they can kind of open the door to new possibilities. I mean, three-day stumble, for instance. I, I those know, guys absolutely. Can... And, and, and believe me, one reason why Halloween's my favorite holiday, it's the one day all year we admit we wear fucking costumes. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who are we putting on, right? Like this word normal, right? Yeah, I'm wearing normal clothes. No, you're not. You're wearing a fucking uniform that you got brainwashed into putting on. Oh, yeah. I want to play here uh, what you mentioned before. Chablis. But nice. Nuts. <laughs> Uriko
おばあさんが川でぼちゃぼちゃ洗濯をしていますと、向こうから大きな売りが一つ、ぽっかりぽっかり流れてきました。おばあさんはそれを見て、おやおやまあ、珍しい大きな売りだこと、さぞおいしいでしょう。うちへ持って帰っておじいさんと二人で食べましょう。と言い、杖の先で売りをかき寄せて拾い上げてうちへ持って帰りました。夕方になるとおじいさんはいつもの通り芝を背負って山から帰ってきました。おばあさんはニコニコしながら出迎えて、おやおやおじいさんお帰んなさい。今日はおじいさんのお好きないいものを川で拾ってきましたから、二人で食べましょうと思って、さっきから待っていたのですよ。と言って、拾ってきた売りを出してみせました。ほうほう、これは珍しい大きな売りだ。さぞ美味しいだろう。早く食べたいな、とおじいさんは言いました。そこでおばあさんは台所から包丁を持ってきて、売りを二つに割ろうとしますと、売りは一人でに中からポンと割れて、かわいらしい女の子が飛び出しました。おやおやまあ、と言ったままおじいさんもおばあさんもびっくりして腰を抜かしてしまいました。しばらくしておじいさんが、これはきっと私たちに子供のないのをかわいそうに思って、神様が授けてくださったものに違いない。大事に育ててやりましょう。そうですともご覧なさい。まあ、可愛らしい顔をしてニコニコ笑っていますよ。とおばあさんは言いました。そこでおじいさんとおばあさんは慌ててお湯を沸かして、赤ちゃんにお湯を使わせて暖かい着物の中にくるんで可愛がって育てました。売りの中から生まれてきた子だからというので売り子姫という名前をつけました。売り子姫はいつまでも可愛らしい小さな女の子でした。でも旗を折ることが大好きで、可愛らしい旗をおじいさんにこしらえてもらって、毎日毎日、トンカラリコ、トンカラリコ、ギーギーバッタン、ギーバッタン、旗を折っていました。おじいさんはいつもの通り山へ芝刈りに出かけます。おばあさんは、川へ洗濯に出かけます。売り子姫は後に一人、おとなしくお留守番をして
相変わらず、トンカラリコ、トンカラリコ、ギーギーバッタン、旗を折っていました。おじいさんとおばあさんはいつも出かけに売り子姫に向かって、この山の上にはアマンジャクという悪者が住んでいる。留守にお前を取りに来るかもしれないから、決して戸を開けてはいけません、と言って、しっかり戸を閉めて出て行きました。すると、ある日のこと、売り子姫が一人で、トンカラーリコ、トンカラーリコ、ギーギーバッタン、旗を折っておりますと、とうとうアマンジャクがやってきました。そして優しい猫なで声を作って、もしもし売り子姫、この戸を開けておくんなさい。二人で仲良く遊ぼうよ。と言いました。いいえ、開けられません。と売り子姫は言いました。売り子姫、少しでいいから開けておくれ。指の入るだけ開けておくれ。そんならそれだけ開けましょう。もう少し開けておくれ、売り子姫。せめてこの手が入るだけ。そんならそれだけ開けましょう。売り子姫、もう少しだ。開けておくれ。せめて頭の入るだけ。仕方がないので、売り子姫は頭の入るだけ開けてやりますと、アマンジャクはスルスルとうちの中へ入ってきました。売り子姫、裏の山へ柿を取りに行こうか、とアマンジャクが言いました。柿を取りに行くのは嫌。おじいさんに叱られるから。と売り子姫が言いました。するとアマンジャクが怖い目をして売り子姫を睨めつけました。売り子姫は怖くなって仕方なしに裏の山までついて行きました。裏の山へ行くとアマンジャクはスルスルと柿の木によじ登って真っ赤になった柿を美味しそうにとっては食べ、とっては食べしました。そして下にいる売り子姫には種やヘタばかり投げつけて一つも落としてはくれません。売り子姫は羨ましくなって私にも一つください、と言いますと、アマンジャクは、お前も上がって、取って食べるがいい、と言いながら、下へ降りてきて、今度は代わりに売り子姫を木の上に乗せました。乗せるときに、そんな着物を着て登ると汚れるから、と言って、自分の着物と取り替えて、着替えさせました。売り子姫がやっと柿の木に登って柿を取ろうとしますと、アマンジャクはどこから取ってきたか
藤の鶴を持ってきて、売り子姫を柿の木に縛りつけてしまいました。そして自分は売り子姫の着物を着て、売り子姫に化けて、家の中に入って、澄ました顔をして、またトンカラリコ、トンカラリコ、ギーギーバッタン、旗を折っていました。しばらくすると、おじいさんとおばあさんは帰ってきましたが、何も知らないものですから、売り子姫、よくお留守番をしていたね。さぞ寂しかったろう。と言って、頭をさすってやりますと、アマンジャクは、ああ、ああ、と言いながら、舌をそっと出しました。すると、表の方が、急にガヤガヤ想像しくなって、立派ななりをしたお侍が大勢、ピカピカ塗り立てた、綺麗なおかごを担いでやってきて、おじいさんとおばあさんのうちの前に泊まりました。おじいさんとおばあさんは、何事が始まったのかと思って、ビクビクしていますと、お侍はその時、おじいさんとおばあさんに向かって、お前の娘は大層美しい織物を織るという評判だ。お城の殿様と奥方が、お前の娘の旗を織るところが見たいという仰せだから、このカゴに乗って来てもらいたい。と言いました。おじいさんとおばあさんは大層喜んで、売り子姫に化けたアマンジャクをおかごに乗せました。お侍たちがアマンジャクを乗せて裏の山を通りかかりますと、柿の木の上で、あーん、あーん、売り子姫の乗るかごに、アマンジャクが乗ってゆく。売り子姫の乗るかごにアマンジャクが乗っていく。という声がしました。おや、変だ。と思ってそばへ寄ってみますと、かわいそうに売り子姫はアマンジャクの汚い着物を着せられて、木の上に縛り付けられていました。おじいさんは売り子姫を見つけると、急いで行って木から下ろしてやりました。お侍たちも大層怒って、アマンジャクをおかごから引きずり出して、その代わり売り子姫を乗せてお城に連れて行きました。そしてアマンジャクの首を切り落として、畑の隅に捨てました。その首から流れ出した血がキビ柄に染まって、キビの色がその時から赤くなりました。
last music for this edition, people. Chablis with butt nuts. And then few Urokohima, which is like a melon princess. And all these folk, uh, few son, I mean, she's incredible, a musician in electronics and stuff since the 70s. But she's been reading these old uh, folk tales from her land. And then finally, Rip One? Yeah, you got it. Okay. I, I thought it might have been Riponi. <laughs> it can be. Okay. It's up to you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Got you. Porta Drugal. <laughs> Close on that one. Yeah, you got it. Enlighten us to both these projects. Uh, both with this, with my same the partner, Peter Stopshinsky, the, the Brown Hornet keyboard player. We got, we got an infinite bad ideas and uh <laughs> yeah uh, rip one or Raponi, we we don't, we can't decide how different to manifestations it. you have many manifestations yeah yeah there's rip one started in the in the pandemic when we we just kind of did some long distance recording passing stuff back and forth oh trading files uh-huh see the internet it doesn't have to be just about spreading lies and shit we can actually make music together kind of uh-huh. Yeah, okay. And uh, is it different than flying back to Austin and being in the same room with them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'd much prefer to be interacting in real time. There's, you can't beat it. That feeling of when you when you, you get to the get in the zone with somebody else playing music, it's the best feeling in the world. I understand, But it also can be the fucking big pants shitter, too. Like, for, for, no, no, for example, the session man syndrome, uh, you know, nightmare, right? Like, uh, the, the song's all done, they bring you in, they're all fucking rubbing their chins, folding their arms, you gotta learn the song, you gotta think of a part, and then you gotta perform it all under this fucking micro, uh, microscope magnifying glass. Sometimes, I gotta say, having the, uh, I don't know, luxury of taking your time working at home, is a, I guess if you're with your old buddy Peter, I mean, that's different. But if they come in here, what we want you to put on, you know, we got six tunes here. <laughs> yeah. what happens, you, you, you know, you, you're trying to guess what they're going to like, right, ahead of time. So you start dumbing your shit down. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's it's good to do some of that shit just to, you know, put the fear of God in <laughs> shit. just... But it's not comfortable situations for me, man. If I had to do that 100% time, I don't know if music would be so scary for me. But I'm so glad that you guys are still going and doing stuff like that, even when the situation makes it weird-ass like that. What about, uh, how can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, any number of the, the usual band camp routes. Yeah. Brown Hornet's got pretty much all of our recorded material up on there, which would you know be Brown Hornet, whatever dot bandcamp, and then yeah, same but with, people, we got to tell the spelling. It's pun rock, right? So it's uh, b r o b r o w n space w h o r n e t. Okay, and that's but, correct. But there's no Tyler Harwood website. No, not really. All this, just all that. Okay, separate. okay. I mean, all but those, no, the, the only reason I recommend is because it's like having your own fanzine. There's no corporate middleman, you know. Although the Bandcamp, I think, is really good to musicians. Out of all these fucking music sites or whatever sites you want to call them. 
I think they're the most happening. Uh, so no disrespect to them. But if you have your own thing, right, you can, you know, when Georgie would see somebody picking their ass, you know, he'd say, hand puppet. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you own a fucking hand puppet, right? So that's one of the advantages of having your own website. Uh, I'm I'm really curious to what you and Peter, and also you, man, along with your anti-ear, come up with next. Me too. <laughs> well, when you do, will you come back on the show and play it? We can talk about it? Man, I'd love to. Okay. Right? We don't have to regurgitate the old days and stuff like that. Now I've learned all your background. A very interesting journey through music, Tyler. And, and it shows in how flexible you are with all these things you involve yourself with and bitching. And then it's been a fun ride. And then meet potatoes, being a drummer man, a stick man with a beat in his hand. I love it. I think maybe the first <laughs> fucking musical instrument was the bottom of our feet on the earth when we were dancing. Those were the first drummers. It's just a hunch. I don't don't quote me on this. But thanks so much for being on the show, and I can't wait to have you back, people. June 22, 2021 edition of Wap Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>